they um um wow i lost my train of thought there um it was a good one um (laughs) with business owners and and product owners um uh in testing and throwing them away for a proof of concept right so um ah man why did i lose this this train of thought i think your guinea pig went off on you oh that must have been it um No, it's really good though, but uh, I just forget what it was. How do you know it's good if you forgot? Because it was so good. <laughs> you were inspired. <laughs> I got so excited about it, I forgot about it. Welcome to Developers Hangout, a podcast for developers by developers, a place where we get together as often as possible and discuss a wide range of topics from the books we're reading to latest news and commentary on other tech podcasts. I'm Nathan Kirschbaum, and joining me is... Hey, this is Al Nutilli. Hey, Al, been a while. Yep, yep. <laughs> we had plans for last month, but now we're back. Now we're back. What's new, yeah. in, the, what's new in the world? Uh, another tech radar is out, so that's great. <laughs> we have material... <laughs> For four shows uh, talking about things we don't have any clue about, but not this show. This show is going to be about something else. All right. Well, what do we have on the on the docket for this show? Uh, just the overall topic of testing and how it fits in or or might not fit into many of our situations. Ah, good one. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. There's a lot of different strategies and approaches out there, um, so it'll be fun to dig into some of them. Um, before we get into that, though, um, let's get into our news and other happenings around the world and the web. Um, do you have anything for us this week? Uh, yeah, of course. We always have two things. Uh, so <laughs> to begin with, I'll do the tool of the of the of the. I won't say week because we won't be back for a month. But basically, the tool I would like to recommend is Moom. And again, just one more tool to make your workflow uh, faster. This is a Mac only, but there's one for Windows, I'm sure, and Linux. Uh, and Windows actually, I think, has it built in. Um, but basically, you can use uh, hand uh, your keyboard shortcuts to just move Windows around really quickly. And for me, that on my laptop or my big screen, I can put a terminal down below and my IDE up above or on the left or right. It's really uh, efficient. Yeah. Yeah, I've been using that since you recommended it, like, I don't know, probably over two years ago now, and uh, yeah. I use it all the time, every day. Yeah. It's great. It's a, it's really nice. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, one thing I wanted to bring up, um, <clears throat> we actually started using this on a project recently, um, and it's really cool. We've done, so this is a, it's called Leaflet. It's an open source JavaScript library for interactive maps, and uh, includes mobile-friendly interactive maps, so uh, both desktop and mobile, but um uh, it's really great. Like I, we've done work in the past with d- various different types of map uh, solutions. Um, you know, obviously just using Google Maps or some kind of wrapper around Google Maps, or um, we've even used kind of like one-off uh, like c- custom solutions or uh, pa- packages that are out there. But this one, um, we were using Mapster for a while actually, uh, which is nice. But um, and and it definitely offered some great stuff for its time. Uh, but th- this one's just awesome. So if, you, if you're doing anything with maps, you need to do like overlays or like custom things with a map or, or it's not just maps, actually. It can be like mapping an image. Like, so if you want to like, you know, take an image, like, I don't know, the exam- I guess an example would be like a basket of fruit. And if you want to highlight each of the different types of fruit in a different color, 
you can do that with this mapping library. So anyway, just wanted to call it out. It's a kind of a cool resource that uh, I think changes things a lot for people using maps. And why didn't you go at Mapster again? Was it more money or? No, um, Mapster, I think it's just kind of like uh, has its limitations and is a little bit uh, older. So we were running into some performance problems where we'd have like um, the things that we want to map on a given uh, page are like in the thousands. And so... Uh, you know, for, for, we want to be like essentially dynamically building a map over the top of something on the fly. And we were running into limitations just based on the way it was written. Um, it probably could have been worked around, but we, we, someone on the team actually found this, um, which, you know, and then we were also running into issues with mobile, mobile. So, you know, this just seemed like a really good option and it's fast. It's quick. So anyway, they use, they use open maps, um, open, uh, what is it called? Uh, open street map right it's funny i was laughing because mapster it's like uh you know there's a whole generation that doesn't even know what napster is and, right and, right you know to name yourself after that and it really has no effect but right it's, it's i guess it's a cool name yeah <laughs> it's funny uh the next one is an article i read called uh uh purpose of estimation by martin fowler and just a nice article reminds me that estimating isn't just to lock you into a job or a bid but to actually help start off the job to being like, is it even worth it? So with your estimate, the uh, if properly estimated, the um, product owner can go back and decide if it's even worth building. And, and then you look at it accordingly, like this isn't gospel. This is going to change, and it's going to even possibly get outdated and keeping that in mind as well. So good article there on estimation. That's great. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, estimates are so hard. That's probably a topic of another another episode, but... um. Well, just read my article. Yeah, and then I, then I don't have any questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, so another item that I wanted to bring up um, is actually a repository I found that's based off of a book, or it's a companion to a book. So it's mm. uh, there's a book called Design Patterns, which is um, a very popular and mm. a very popular book. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually called Head First Design Patterns. Uh, a yeah. brain friendly guide, and it kind of walks through like the uh, all of the common uh, and well known uh, design patterns across yeah. uh, the industry. So not not related to PHP. And so one of the one of the things, and it's a great book. I bought it a while ago, and 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 kind of thumbed through it. But um, one of the downsides to it is, well, for me at least, is uh, that all the examples are in Java, and oh, yeah. um, so you know, which you can you can follow, but. Um, what I found and what I'm, what we're linking to here in the notes is uh, someone went and uh, con- and basically translated them all into PHP. And so you can um, go look at all of the different types of patterns that are outlined in this book and actually experiment with them. You can pull this, this repository down and play with the different patterns and look at the different patterns. Um, and uh, it's, yeah, it's yeah. actually got tests and everything. So you, you can wow. compose or install it and you're off and running. So that was pretty cool. And some of these patterns, like, you know, as you go through them, like some you'll be really familiar with, um, some you won't be. And it's kind of fun to learn about those. Yeah, no, it looked interesting. There's some, uh, you know, sometimes they can be annoying, but some of them are nice little tricks on, on how to really be efficient. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it reminded me, I was just reading, uh, the artisan book by Taylor Otwell from years ago and there's oh, yeah. a lot of patterns in there, but not, not so much like, it's just that funny point of like, Hey, this is overkill, you know, versus, uh, no, this is a nice pattern that makes it easier for you. Right. You know? 
Right. Um, yeah. There's so many variables that go into that too. Um, yeah. to determine like what the best thing to do is on a given project and in a given context. Uh, even, uh, you know, even, even you and I are as a team, like we, we've gone and we, I think the whole time we knew that like patterns were being overused, um, and you know, because some, someone, you know, someone popular, someone popular gets excited about it and, and, yeah. you know, yeah. and then everyone starts using it, but, and we even knew that and we were kind of careful about it. Uh, but, but we've still like changed quite a bit over the years in terms of like, you know, oh, well, we always used to do repository patterns and then we stopped or doing the that services and, pattern, or the yeah. services pattern and in- interfaces. And right. Everything. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. and we've kind of gone back and forth and yeah, it's been yeah. interesting. Be a good topic. Yeah. When to use them, when not to. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I think the, the, the word gets confused with, like, yeah, like patterns um, versus, like, strategies to solve a problem. Uh, like, one of those was, um, I forget the name of it, but it was an interesting way to do something that we might do often. And instead of trying to make it up on your own, you got it right there. Right. So... Uh, I would love to find a recursive past pattern. <laughs> Whenever I hit a recursive problem, I'm like, oh, I hate it. Um, yeah. I'll put it down on the list for later, though, that we can touch on. Yeah, it'd be fun to talk about it in more detail. But today is testing. Mm. Um, just covering the subject. Of hey, when- shouldn't we shouldn't we have done testing first? Uh-huh. Good one. Very good. <laughs> very good. Uh, I almost laughed. You should have. It was very good. <laughs> <It was> very <laughs> good. So, um, so basically, uh, and, and it's a good point. Like, do you do it? I don't even know if we have that there. Yeah. <laughs> First <laughs> we do. I have it in my side notes. Yeah. yeah. So basically testing is, um, it, it's something for our team. We try to do it all the time, but we still struggle sometimes with when not to do it, when to do enough of it or a little of it, when to you know, what type of projects and what type of testing tools to use. So we're just going to cover some of the common questions uh, that come up and some of the things that we think are are, uh, possible answers. Um, And so to begin with, there's a quote by Kent Beck uh, where he says, I get paid for code that works, not for test. And, you know, I, I always read this quote differently until yesterday where it's like, well, yeah, he gets paid for code that works, not test. So therefore... Don't spend so much time writing tests. But I, then I started to see it as like, no, no, wait. His code works because he tests. Right. So if you want me to write something for you that works, then the question is not whether or not you have money for me to test. Right. And I think that's a funny struggle because I've been on, on chat with other developers and they're like, well, my boss won't let me test. I'm like, then your boss won't let you build anything that works. Right? It, so, But we'll get to the details shortly. So... So the first I, like sentence or question I throw out there is, uh, um, what kind of tests are there? I, I, I don't know. Maybe even put that one there. Uh, so, do you want to go down this list? Yeah. Um, so let's. Ju- I mean, let's just name a few, right? You've got um, Ex- uh, unit tests. Unit tests, right? Which which are for for I assume most people know because it's a development podcast. But this is where you're kind of testing individual units. So typically, you might be. Uh, testing all the public methods in a class that you're building uh, to make sure that it's it's acting and and giving you the you know it's acting the way you would expect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we break that rule all the time. Yeah, um, and we'll, you know, like for example, we don't I don't follow strict unit testing rules. Um, if a particular class I'm working on needs to talk to the model, I'll let it talk to the model. 
Um, so, so, you know, something to think about there, like, you, you know, why I, I want to minimize it as much as I can. Right. Right. Um, if I have a class that I'm trying to work on that, uh, manipulates an array and spits out the results, I don't need the class before to give me the array. I can just make the array or fixture. Right. Um, but if I'm working on a repository or something that needs a model like query, then why not make the model query happen other than speed? Right. Right. And what you're getting at here is some people kind of purists would say that you're, you're not, you're, you know, your test is actually only supposed to test like the class in question. And so if you're interacting with a model, in other words, you're interacting with the database, um, you're testing other classes. You're at least testing. But like, I'm not testing them. I'm just using them to build the state I need. Right. And I, I agree with you there. And I, and I'm frequently uh, using that as well. And there, there are some, um, and, and the reason why, by the way, is just there, you have to, you have to balance like the, the complexity of what you're doing with the benefit of doing it. Why well, spend a bunch of time mocking out, uh, you know, d- database, uh, interactions, um, yeah when you can set things up in such a way where uh, you're very, very rarely going to run into problems with it. So one of the things we often do, for example, when we're interacting with the database is we'll reset the database uh, or at least un- at least we'll do the test, the interaction with the database under a transaction, a database transaction, so that you can yeah. kind of set the database back to its pristine state prior to running the next test. Um, and yeah. that helps that helps to uh, alleviate problems that you would run into. And that's much easier than, uh, you know, having to like work out, you know, m- mocking um, database interaction. Well, in, in the, the, the problem I have with mocking anything is then you um, you think it's working, but now you've changed something somewhere on that database, but you didn't update your mock. Right. So now that particular class is talking to an outdated mock of your database. Right. That, which happened all the time when we were mocking. Yeah, so I feel like other than speeds, which um, are a bummer, uh, but Laravel makes it so easy to add database migrations, right. ba- database transactions, and factories to your test that it's really easy and in, in, in slick to just move ahead that way. Yeah. Now, there is uh, one reason that we do mock on occasion, and that mm-hmm. is that is like if we have API limitations yeah, um, yeah, or things like yeah. that where, where we're limited to the number of court requests we can make or it's charged per request, that would be a good reason to like mock some interaction. Or do, yeah. let me ask you this. Do you always mock all of your API requests now? Or do you just, right, right, right. I mean, especially, uh, I, I would say yes, especially external um, uh, uh, third-party providers, not ones that are ours. Right. Uh, you could hit your own, but um, other than what you just said, it's just um, I'd rather make uh, contract tests run nightly to uh, assert possible API changes. Ah, contract right. contract tests. Right, right, right. So, so leaving those contract tests at nightly, I then feel comfortable with the mocks, and then if they change their API for the worse, we'll catch it at night. Um, so what is, what are contract tests for people who don't know? Right, right. So basically very simple, um, tests that, that hit the API, get results. And then you just basically assert the keys are there you care about and potentially any static values since you cannot predict the value necessarily. That makes sense. Uh, and so just doing that, uh, at night you can, um, you know, make sure that they're still delivering what they were supposed to deliver. 
right? So you could check the type of value, like like an integer or or a boolean yeah. or yeah. a yeah. string, things like that. But maybe not. Wouldn't always check the value, uh, right. the actual value of it. Right, that makes sense. Right. So those are really nice, and if you. Uh, Travis comes with a nightly uh, cron system, so you can actually just set it up in, in Travis to run at night. But it's a little tricky, so we just have a little script that um, uh, runs. Uh, I, I should I'll, I'll post some notes up for it in the in the show notes um, to to show how we do our nightly cron, con, uh, contract test. I think we pulled it from someone else, but I'll bring them together. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. I'll get those together in the notes. But yeah, so. So yeah, the unit test, like you said, and, and one thing I really like with all these tests, um, till, uh, uh, Jeffrey Way used to point out, is you arrange your your every method. You you you're thinking arrange, you know, basically get everything in place that you need uh, for the state, and then you act on it. You 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 uh, you know run your method, and then you assert. And it's it's three ways to, it's the three steps to make a test, um, you know, uh, thought through. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Uh, unit test, um, the next one is integration test where, uh, you, you get a little bit more deeper, um, you know, uh, but see, I think this is where everything gets, that's why I didn't even think of this, bringing up these names here is, you know, at that point you're thinking bigger for us. Um, a a good example is like we're, we're plugging everything in through B hat or BDD, which we'll talk about later, uh, where we're actually going to hit. Um, a particular repository, sorry, a class that we call repository. It's just a class with a lot of business logic. And that class then talks to other uh, classes and or models to get all the information it needs together and returns a response. So it's definitely more of like, hey, I got all these Lego pieces, the units, and I've put them together, the integration. How does it work? Right. So traditionally, these are tests where, uh, as opposed to testing like one method, you might there might be five or six classes that end up getting called. You may or may not call a service or a mock service. Um, and actually I think during integration you would not call, you would not essentially not be mocking anything. I don't um, know. I, I would, no, I would, I would say you could still be mock, mocking those um, third party services. Though. Yeah, that makes sense. But you're, you overall, yeah, you're not, you're pulling out the mocks and you're just running this thing through. Yeah. Um, like maybe I made a class that uh, deals with an event but now I'm running the particular uh, other command class that has to do all the stuff before the event and then triggers the event. So I watch it the whole way through. Yeah, that makes sense. So it, it's it's really, um, I don't know. Right, right now, I basically use unit. We use PHP unit for everything almost. And we'll talk about that in a moment too. Um, so... When you say you use PHP unit, you, what you're saying is we actually use, not only do we use it for unit tests, but we also use it for integration. And we are also, in some cases, using it yeah. as part of acceptance testing yeah. alongside BHAT. Which we'll tackle in a moment. Yeah. yeah. So integration-wise, so it's if I was to say a true unit test for me is typically those moments I pull out a trait or, and I just say, hey, trait, here's this array I want you to manipulate or here's this thing I want you to pull out of like a transformer trait or a validation trait. Yeah, uh, things that are very much dealing with uh, uh, a block of data, an array, and returning something. Those I really bring down to the unit level. The rest is all for me integration. Right. A- any other thoughts there on integration? No, I mean, the, you know, I think one one interesting thing that developers think about or that that is worth thinking about is like 
once we talk about acceptance, like what what is the what is the real difference between integration yeah. and acceptance? I because know. with acceptance, let's just talk about acceptance. So acceptance tests are typically front front end tests where yeah. your or this is how they're typically thought of. You can, as you'll see in a minute, we, there's actually a way to think of it a little bit differently. But typically, acceptance tests are thought of as kind of front end tests yeah. where you're where yeah. you're. Um, essentially simulating user behavior on the front end. So there are tools that help you do this. So, um, right. you know, B, so, B hats one, but right, right. So here's with you mentioning that I totally agree. Like when you brought up these categories, I'm like, ah, once again, it's tons of gray, right? I think we could go with these names more easily. Like integration is the inside of your app. Unit testing is where you pull out those little pieces to really make sure that they're fine. They're working in and of themselves acceptance testing is the outside right right so the philosophy we're trying to do is inside out testing where you're building the inside and then the outside which represents what it represents that moment someone talks to a route it represents that moment a command is run right right it represents that moment a job comes in from the queue um and it's those outside interactions with your application that i think is is defined by the acceptance test Right, it's a stupid name, in my opinion. Acceptance, um, I'm sure, it has good roots and, and makes sense, but I don't know anymore. You know, right? Uh, I, I think from our standpoint, it was like it's acceptance because the product owner could read the spec and and, and accept it because you show it working at that that level that they understand. Right. You know? Right. Um, so, but we we you know. If we're writing our tests in Gherkin, then honestly, we're we're doing this at all three levels, where the product owner can see the Gherkin, the the language written in a way that the business understands, right? Yeah. So it's kind of ironic. Like, you, doesn't that make sense? Though, how it's just kind of like I, I I've always felt like these words are a little bit too like forced. No, I I, I agree, and it, and honestly, it's been a little bit confusing. Um, we you know in our team we had to um kind of do a good job of defining these things because there's there's actually no standard in the community like you would think that there is like what's a unit test what's an exception test what's an integration test well uh jeffrey way actually has a good um right. a good right. some good lessons on this if you're if you're if you need some like basic knowledge about it um right. but but it's 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 there's probably like eight different terms that are used in the industry to describe four or five different things and then there's a bunch of other stuff but it's like yeah. uh you know you'll have different you know, different types of developers referring to things as, as uh, uh, different ways. So for mm-hmm. us, it became clear that like our meaning of acceptance was like too vague. Um, and so we had to really kind of define like, you know, literally, literally create a document. Like this is what we mean by acceptance tests um, and whatnot. So yeah, I, I do think it was confusing. Um, and I think, I think our, I'm, I'm excited for when we talk, hopefully we talk, I don't know if now's the right time, but in a few minutes or whatever, like, uh, we've kind of over the last, I don't know, uh, I, I guess this last year, uh, it's a, at least almost been a year now, uh, mm-hmm. nine months or so, um, kind of moved in a bit of a different direction where um, we're kind of using contexts inside of BHAT um, to to do both at the same time, both the inside and the outside yeah. testing yeah. based yeah. on a common understanding of what you're testing on the on the domain level. So to to, uh, to translate that all into kind of like things that aren't so complicated to understand, there's business language that is clearly understood 
um, by the business, by completely non-technical users that yeah. behind that are two different like workflows, uh, a, a, an inside workflow and an outside workflow that tests the app. And each one can have, uh, has a slightly different path and tests slightly different. Well, it's the same thing from slightly different perspectives or different contexts, which is very interesting. Yeah, I mean it's very it's very cool that one file written in one way that the product owner can understand becomes two methods of of uh, building and testing your application. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll get there in a moment, though, uh, in in detail uh, as we get into the tools area, right? Yep. Um, so uh, that covers though the kinds of tests overall. Um, At least the ones we use. Yeah, for the units, uh, integration, acceptance, or units inside, outside, and then contracts. Now, the next subject is why test. Um, So for me, uh, it it really helps me to think. You might have a theoretical idea or something written down uh, as a a document. But then um, just testing helps me to think through uh, the code in, in the, in every little step it takes to make it all real. Um, so that's one of my reasons. Uh, you want to share one of yours or, um, that's probably the biggest reason for me is, is, is to like, for, as, as you were saying, like really complicated issues, it can help to think through those like, uh, as developers for whatever reason, and this isn't just developers, people, they love to like, they love to like try to fit everything into their mind and try to solve complex problems. So, you know, you got a problem that's like 20 pieces. Well, 20 pieces doesn't fit in your head, at least not most people. Um, and so, right, right you got to get that down somewhere and like well, more more importantly think about this it's those 20 pieces are in your head and you just got a slack message right <laughs> you just dropped all 20 of them right 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 it, it's so it's the interruptions too and that's my second one on on playing off yours it's like man yeah it's hard to hold all that in your head and you're gonna get interrupted you know yeah yeah so and you forget right like so um yeah. Yeah. You know, like, you know, even when you're the sole developer on a product, so obviously working in teams, it, it's, it's, it's critical because you don't know what everyone else is doing all the time. And so you need to know if what you're doing is impacting some other part of the application that you had no idea you were messing with, um, or had an impact on. So that obvious, yeah. but, but, but even when you're the sole worker on a sole developer on a project, um, I don't remember what I was doing six months ago or the complexities of the authentication logic that I did, you know, a year ago or whatever. Like, I just don't remember that. Um, And how, you know, so, so it, it kind of keeps you, it kind of keeps you honest to uh, work you've previously done. And that that previous work is still working the way it's supposed to. Um, Well, and that, and that's like, again, like one other thing it's doing for you then is saving you QA because when you make a change, you're not having to go manually QA the whole app again. Right. All the steps before and after that should still be working. Right. I mean, that was, that saves you a ton of time there too, you know? Yeah. It's hard Um, to see though at first, like the, the time that it saves because sometimes writing these tests take a while. Yes. You know? uh, yeah, they do. Uh, many times I've been like, man, if I wasn't writing this test, I could have got this done by now. Um, uh, but very rarely have I ever uh, regretted doing the test. Um, right. W- one other thing, too, is for me, it's like many times I'll take 20 or 30 steps into a project and, and realize, man, this isn't working, or what if I went this way instead? So because I have tests, it's a lot easier to to step back and, and change things around with confidence. Right. 
Right. Where in the past I'd be like, oh well, and I just keep moving forward and uh, alter uh, accordingly. Um, but I'd rather change it, you know. And, and testing right. gives me that space to grow to, to change. Right. The confidence to refactor. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And to know that I can change with confidence means I'm more willing to do it. Right. Um, Which is critical. I mean, I can't you know I can't tell you how many projects get to the point where. Um, you don't want to change anything because you don't know what's going to break over the last three years that some other developer or other developers had did that you have yeah. no idea, you know, and you, it's just a bad place to be in. Um, I, I think you mentioned it too, like teams. I mean, if I'm alone on a project, I'm still going to do testing because it just helps me think. It helps me to work faster, I believe. Um, but just being on a team, um, it, it's a big deal, in my opinion, to, to be able to deploy in, in everything with confidence. One other thing, too, is uh, I can use a test to, to quickly work out an idea in the sense of, like, is this returning the right data? Well, I can either reload my browser, fix the code, reload my browser, fix the code, reload my browser, or I can just, you know, fix the code and run a unit test, fix the code, run a unit test. And I, th- I believe I get a better response that way, personally. Oh, yeah, so. Definitely. Yeah, it's like it's like one it's like uh yeah, it's 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 like two keyboard commands instead yeah. of instead of uh you know, yeah. three or four keyboard commands and a click to like refresh the page or whatever. Especially yeah. if I had like a if I turned on my PHP IDE uh plugins, I bet you it would just run it with a key with a shortcut. Right. Uh why don't I? I don't know. I have to do that after. <laughs> so <laughs> um so that covers some whys. Uh, the next one was why not, uh, are there any moments where you're not testing? Yeah. So I think one thing that we talk about a lot is, which is worth talking about here a little bit is kind of like thinking, thinking in terms of happy paths, uh, which we, we call it happy paths, which is really kind of like critical business or user workflows. Um, and one, so one thing that happens when you test, too much outside of a happy path and you can you can you can test things that aren't and sometimes there's good reason to test things that aren't critical to user workflows or to business workflows but the risk you run with testing everything and this is why i you know sometimes i laugh when people like to talk about their project is like we're at 98 percent code coverage or things like that it's like you can um you can actually make your tests far too brittle and end up spending most of your time like troubleshooting why tests are failing that when they're when and, and you'll actually end up like deleting tests because it's like you know i've seen people do tests where they're like checking that like text is on a page like business text is on a page you know and then the and then the business will go in and like change the text using the cms and your te- your, your your tests start failing right so yeah. um so for me i think it's really important that 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 I focus on the critical business paths, those happy paths. Um, and, you know, if I do create a test as I'm working through problems and it seems like it's not too br- too brittle or fragile, I will leave it uh, just because why not? But but a lot of times if I run and start running into issues with it and it's not on a happy path, um, mm-hmm. I'll just delete it instead of troubleshooting it. Um, because you can tell right away that it's not, um, you know, it's not breaking, it's not breaking like some of your critical business logic. And it was really the usefulness of the test was like for creating the code in the first place, not 
as like oh, a yeah, me- as a point. method for like ongoing um, QA. Um, so anyway, it, re- it really depends on the situation, but the risk in overdoing it, like the why not test is that you can make your application really brittle and you'll end up making something that should have been a half hour change into like a two or three hour change. And that compiles over time. And pretty soon, you know, it, where you used to have three developers and you were like delivering just awesome stuff, every sprint yeah. and everyone was happy. You'll figure out pretty soon that like now you're delivering like between the three of you, half of what you, you you were able to like two years ago, because you're like battling all these like, uh, architecture complexities or, or infrastructure complexities with testing. Yeah. 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 No, and it's a good point too. Like I, I'll use a test to think something through, but it's not really going to help. Uh, and, and just deleting it is fine. Um, and the other thing too is like, uh, yeah, it's, I have another quote here is, uh, being proud of a hundred percent test coverage is like being proud of re- reading every word in the newspaper. <laughs> Some are more important than others again by Kent Beck. Right. Um, and the point being like, yeah, I don't really, uh, test, um, like getters and setters or, uh, certain things that I think are just obvious. Um, you know, uh, so I don't worry so much about like X percent coverage as much as testing the right things. And I think Ken Peck also said that is like, he tests enough to be confident, uh, in his application. So, that makes sense. So it's a good point about the why nots though. Uh, and, and when to just remove a test or not worry about it. Right. Um, so let's see. So the next part, the next question is when, uh, I, I basically say from, from the start, um, just start getting those tests in place. um, uh, working from the inside out, as I like to say. Uh, yeah. so, um, h- how about you? Yeah, I, I think I'm less, um, it, it depends. Like I, I'm still, I, sometimes I feel like it slows me down still like at the mm-hmm. start of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so, and I do honestly struggle to, um, to, to make it kind of a, a pure test first scenario. Um, yep. I, I don't know why, but I feel, and maybe this is like just the way I think about it. Maybe it's not really true, but I feel like it, it sometimes impairs with my, uh, my creative mm-hmm. or my kind of like architecture, like, um, like my mind wants to go to kind of a logical place and the test slows me down, which in a complex, don't get me wrong, like in complex mm-hmm. situations where mm-hmm. there's like really room for screwing it up. Like, so that scenario where there's a really complicated piece of logic and you got 20 things you got to deal with in your head and you can't deal with it in your head. So you got to work it out. Like to me, like there's nothing better than that with a, than a yeah. test in that scenario. But like when I'm doing something that I've just like done all day, every day for years, like, Oh, uh, you know, like someone needs a form and it's just like, basic stuff it's like okay we need a user's table user has these 15 fields and like it's just simple crud stuff right like it slows me way down and so i'm often tempted to like but then you're like saying like nothing simple crud stuff right in theory it is until you check in with the person you're like okay what do you think he's like well now can you make it do this this and this Right. No, and I'm not saying I don't do tests on those things. I yeah, but yeah, a lot but, of times I'll circle back, back and yeah. make those tests. Right. Right. That would right. be my challenging point there. Like, I, I get what you're saying. This thing seems too simple. Why do a test? But you know, when you ever deliver anything to anyone, is never what they wanted. They want more or changes. Right. 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 So, I mean, but then you're in a position where okay, now stuff is getting more complex. I need to test. Right. Right. 
It's an order of magnitude question too. Like I would answer that question differently, honest, honestly, if it was like on, on our team versus like a side project or like, you know, you're yeah. working on your, your SAS that's just you and you're trying to whip yeah. this stuff out. Yeah. Uh, maybe it shouldn't be. Maybe it shouldn't no, be. But, but it's a good point about the SAS. It's like, hey, this thing might never make money. So why spend all this time on testing, right? Right. So yeah, it's a good point. I, I, I think- there are purists who would say you absolutely should. Like you should absolutely, you know, like if you're a good developer, you absolutely have to have these tests. No, no. But I think like Ken Beck said, though, you could also say like, hey, I'm I'm going to do tests because this is a product that I need to be confident in. Mm-hmm. But I won't do a ton of them because I'm not trying to be a purist and deliver right. like user stories because I'm the, I'm the person, you know. Right. Um, but, but to have enough tests to know that I can push to production and not feel worried right. that I broke something. Right. Um, right. That, that to me would be uh, a nice, nice way to, to look yeah. at that. And to me, that's a minimum. Like I, I do, there is a value in tests. Like unless, you know, like I guess unless I'm doing like proof of concept work that is, um, so, t- so t- typically when yeah. I do proof of yeah. concept work, I, I try to yeah. make sure with whoever I'm doing this with that they understand that to me, proof of concept yeah. means we are literally going to throw this, this entire thing away. Um, it's not production ready code. It, you know, no, I agree. But it, it's usually a proof of a concept, not a big, like, here's an application with user administration, login right. and everything. Right, right. right. Uh, so, yeah, that's a really good point. So you're just putting this one-off page to show them that you could pull data from this API and show it in a certain chart. Um, right. So right. you're just proving to yourself and to them that you can do it. Right. Um, so, yeah, I could see not having tests there, uh, except coming back to what we said before, you might use the speed of a unit test to process some information and think about things like I'll build my client there hitting their API again and again until I have it right then make that I'll save that result or response into a fixture so I no longer have to hit their API again as I work through how to manipulate the results of that fixture right so now I get the 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 the, the tester giving me that really quick way to work through things but like we said maybe I'll just delete everything you know I don't need that 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 particular test anymore but um, maybe I'll keep the test that, uh, you know, helps me manipulate the fixture so I get it just right. Yeah. You know what's interesting, and it just came to my mind. I'm surprised this hasn't come to my mind earlier. So we talk a lot with business owners and product owners about, like, lean principles, right? Like, oh, yeah. they have all these, like, big, brilliant ideas and all this crazy stuff they want to do. And we yeah. try to take and, and, like, boil that down into, like, what is the most business essential or critical thing that we yeah. need to prove before we move on to the next step. And in the end, yeah, we can build all this craziness that they want, but ultimately we need to boil it down to, like, one achievable step first that then allows them flexibility to change their mind, to pivot, to throw the whole project out, to do whatever they need to do that's in the best interest of the project. Well, why not think about testing in a similar way? Like I feel like I feel like that that when we talk about what's appropriate for testing, I feel like people oftentimes will come into it like I need to like go out and do this like, you know, like do like the full on crazy routine that w- where like this is like, you know, we're getting, you know, a hundred thousand users a day. And like, we're, this is, we need tests. Like this is like making a million dollars a month. And it's just like, they treat it really, really seriously. Um, and I don't know if that's appropriate. Like, I think you're spending a lot of effort, you know, yeah, just a lot of effort on something that is that really appropriate for the context? Isn't, is there something else that's like a good first step that like is similar to like lean thinking and product development, but for developers and testing kind of like lean testing Right. principles that like keep you protected keep you safe yeah. allow you yeah. to build but don't 
you know, don't yeah. require you to like, you know, spend half your time on tests. Well, we, we kind of do that uh, to a degree with the happy path testing where you're focusing on tests that, that follow the, the happy path of the application working and not worrying so much about all the things that can go wrong. Uh, coming back to those later, um, mm-hmm. you know, so that could be a way to, to do that. But even that kind of doesn't totally make it lean like you're saying. Um, it, it's a really good point, though. I mean, in in the yeah, right. And in, in we, you know, and just to just to uh, I, I think it's funny, the word lean, um, it gets confused with not needing test, you know. Right. Um, but it does. And, and it's the proof of concept where I think the challenge comes up of like, do we really need tests for this? It's just a proof of a concept. Right. So, uh, yeah, no, it's really a really good question. How could you do lean testing? Um, it's just so efficient already in Laravel. We have it really lucky. And I think with Rails, it was really good too. Um, so I'm not sure how much more leaner we can make it, except as going back to what we're saying, it's about coverage. And I think, you know, even like that Pooter book was like, um, you know, you really care about the message going in and the message going out, you know. And if you're testing the end results of those things, you, you have some decent coverage at that point. The next one is uh, what tools are we using? Uh, <clears throat> and after this, I think um, I, we don't have any more topics. So this is pretty much the last one besides some thoughts, ending thoughts. Um, so what tools are we using for testing and, and maybe add a why? Um, so uh, the first one on the list is PHP unit. Um, so uh, for, for me, the why is, and I think, let me see if I have it really quick. I'm going to go look for something. For me, it comes with Laravel already set up to go. Um, and, uh, and, and with that, I got really, and it's fully integrated into Laravel, which is going to be a challenge I'll bring up later. Um, so it's just so easy to do. I mean, everything, uh, even including turning off events, turning off jobs, turning, uh, mocking anything we want. It's just phenomenal. Um, depends on the, the, uh, which, which Laravel version you're on too. If you're still on 4.2, you're going to have more trouble, uh, with those types of things than if you're on 5.4, for example. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you go that far back, yeah. Um, you you wouldn't have uh, as much as the uh, ability to to test certain JavaScript level stuff um, and mock as many things, right? But man, it's just gotten so easier now, easy now that um, it's hard not to use PHP Unit. I'm trying to look for the other one that came with Laravel a while back. Um, I don't know if you know about that one. Uh, you'll know it if I mention uh, it. Uh, Dusk. No, it was a while back. Laravel used to come um, pre baked with. Um, a uh, really interesting testing framework. Um, huh. uh, I'll look it up as you go, but w- what is your first tool you want to talk about? Well, <clears throat> I think for me, it's interesting to talk about like deployment tools. So, um, and, and in the context of testing, of course. So you mentioned one already um, earlier, uh, Travis, um, which we're starting to use. Uh, we've also used CodeShip and Um, you know, so I guess it's just an interesting question. Like what tools do you use for doing the testing for the actual execution of the test? I mean, obviously you can run them on your local machine. So if you're, if you're just a single developer and you don't want to, uh, 
you know, pay for a service or build yourself uh, kind of a uh, testing server, um, you can run your tests locally. And we all do that, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, t- testing locally is important to do before you push up. Um, but then typically you'll have an environment that like once you've pushed uh, into mainline or one of your uh, feature branches or however you set up your project, it will automatically run your tests. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, we've, uh, my, most of my experience with that has been on code ship, although I've definitely worked with others. Um, yeah. code shipped is nice. It can be limited for some things. I've been running into a lot of issues lately with, um, like code ship specific environment issues. So they're the VMs that they're running are using a specific flavor of Ubuntu and certain version of PHP, which is, which is generally acceptable, but they have kind of like default settings. So we run into issues where like, if you're trying to, if you're trying to like test the upload of a file, for example, we've run into like mime type issues or like, and it, it just seems more and more I'm running into issues where because the virtual environment there doesn't match our uh, exact application environment, right. we're running into a lot of issues. And I, I don't know how Travis handles that, to be honest. Do they have virtual environments over there or are they not? They, they're well, not in that business. Both um, both uh, CI systems are heavily moving towards Docker. I mean, in the end, it's all going to come down to like a Docker system to uh, you, you, you just we did it with a few apps where you just build your. Download your Docker, run your test in there. Okay, uh, that's the only way you're going to get that 100 uh, percent like uh, accuracy. And in in CodeShip does it as well. They we just don't use that particular plan, right? So, um, but uh, no, that's a good one. Uh, any CI tool like that that you can run. Hopefully, you're running the test first locally, uh, and then you spit it out there and you catch yourself because of a typo or or anything that you can find in CI. That's pretty amazing what it finds. Uh, yesterday found for me something that I, I just thought everything was fine and I, and I ran it and it failed. I'm like, Oh, how did that happen there? But not here. And it was, it, it caught it a mistake, you know? Right. Right. Uh, even something as simple as a, a non capitalized class that works locally because I'm on Mac slash vagrant, you know? Right. Uh, but then when you run it there on a, on a true, uh, uh, Linux environment, it, it, it fails cause it's case sensitive. Yeah. So it's amazing to use a CI system and they're free. Travis is free. Coach huh. is free. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's painful to get going, but not too bad. Not too bad. Yeah. Um, another tool we use is Behat. Um, and Behat, we, and, oh, sorry, the other Laravel tool that used to come with it was PHP spec, by the way. And oh, right, right, right. Really is interesting, but um, we just went with PHP unit because of the, um, I just think the momentum was there. And, and that's going to affect what I'm about to say about Behat is Behat was a great solution, was. Uh, for testing JavaScript slash UI stuff. Um, and uh, because it's built around Gherkin slash BDD, uh, it also is a good solution for uh, coming at your test that way where you're writing a particular user story in a language they can understand. Uh, so BHAD is, a, is is one of our major tools for that type of testing. But um, recently, um, Taylor Atwell released Dusk. And Dusk is uh, a very concise installation and packaging of Selenium uh, in PHP units so that you can write your tests that way. Um, and it really um, uh, beats Behat in, 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 in a couple of ways. One is uh, the installation is amazingly easy, especially with the aspects of Selenium. And secondly, it's so integrated with Laravel that it's hard to resist. 
um, in, in using VHAT over, uh, using in, in no way will ever be happy. So integrated with Laravel as dusk because you have the creator of Laravel writing dusk. Right. So, so, you know, many years using VHAT, but man, dusk is looking phenomenal for Laravel developers. Does it allow for that contextual development? Like, so, uh, both front end and back end right, right. tests to have the con de- separate contexts with which tests slightly different, you know, the, things? the short answer is why not? Okay. Right. So not, and probably not yet, but why couldn't it kind of a thing? Right. So I was actually working on building uh, a, a command, uh PHP artisan command or B hat, you know, whatever, like we type B hat, why not type foo, you know, um, that will say, Hey, here's my feature, you know, convert this to a dusk test right? right convert this gherkin to dusk which is again all behat does it takes a feature and makes it into a php class right right so yeah I, I that would be awesome what you're saying and i think maybe in a month or two we'll have that if we had that gherkin to to dusk then man i i would leave behat in a heartbeat um just because of how fast and integrated dusk is we'll never build anything as integrated in, in, in has the momentum it has, you know? Right. What do you think? I, I love the idea. Um, yeah. because one of the things, I mean, while I think on balance, it's worth it. The B, the B hat, the, Gherkin, um, the, the, the BDD workflow. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. so it, it gets a little complicated, not that it's not understandable, but it gets a little complicated and like a little bit, um, uh, more involved than, cause it's not like complicated, like rocket science or anything. It's just like when you're, when you're taking something and you're, um, you're breaking it down from kind of like a business level requirement, mm-hmm. um, uh, domain language down yeah. to a dual context or multi-context task where you're, you're testing the front end and the back end. Um, it's not the simplest thing. And no. so, um, if it could be simplified and made fast, and it's also not the fastest thing. So if it could be simplified for, for developers and yeah. also faster, uh, I think it's great. I, I mean, honestly, I've not done, I've read about dusk, but I haven't, I, ha- I haven't even done like a test install and played with yeah, it, yeah. which I really no, should. It, but. Yeah. Yeah. And BDD is behavior driven development. So it's really pushing the write a story in this format and we'll convert it to you f- into code that then you can write your code into, uh, or they convert it into a class that you can write your code into. So you get that one-to-one relationship between your, your test file and your code. Uh, mm-hmm. that run that runs and that one test can drive both the inside testing and the outside testing right um so yeah yeah and uh yeah so um honestly i, I started working i've been working on a little bit here and there I'm, I'm excited i know it can be done i just uh i'm, I'm still trying to wrap my brain around how Hat does it and, and not rewrite anything i'm trying to use everything they do but translate it to to that dusk moment so that'd be awesome I don't see why not. So, just time, um, yeah. in 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 scratching an itch that maybe right. only you and I have, or me. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah. Any other tools you want to mention? Um, you know, I think that's. I think those are the main players. Um, we we do some things where we're like we build into our scripts for running the tests, like the ability to skip the test. So, yeah. if you're just you know you if you want to skip a portion, like you might want to run your PHP unit test, but not run your um, your uh, kind of your integration tests. Um, so the other thing is we yeah. don't use. So if if we're just building a straight like API, yeah, 
we don't always use BHAT because, you know, BHAT's... Oh, look at that. Yeah. It can't yeah. even do that, man. Right. Not without right. a lot of work because you have to right. hit uh, routes and it only has a get. So. Right. Right. Um, so... Yeah. Well, and we wouldn't use BHAT for in, like that stuff because there may be no product owner to even care about what you're writing. Right. Uh, I mean, it. I don't know. It's a funny point, though, where it also drives the language of your code, which is kind of nice, but... Uh, but that's not about BHAT at that point. It's about BDD and, and, and that Gherkin syntax. Right. And I'll link off to Gherkin. I'll link to, to a lot of these things we're talking about, too, because Gherkin's the weirdest word, but it's a, it's just a very simple syntax um, yeah. uh, to, to write your test in. Uh, not even your test, but your your um, your uh, the meaning behind your test. So. Yeah. It's so what happens when you have developers name products. You get things I know, like I know. Gherkin and I'm Cucumber. Sure it type of, yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's cute. It's because it's based off a of cucumber, and it's a type of a oh, pickle, right? right cucumber and Gherkin. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I, that's what I assume. I don't know if that's really the case, but that's what I like to think. Yeah, yeah. No, it totally makes sense. So if you get this, if you get this new one working, I think you should call it Pickle. That's a really good point. All right, you just help me figure out a name. <laughs> I had a name already, but uh, it's stupid. So, uh, all right, I think we did it. Yeah, and we yeah. actually knew what we were talking about. I know, unlike crazy those, uh, tech radar ones. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, um, we'll put in some show notes about when, where, why. I'm going to follow up with a blog post on this too, as I, I, you know, we can surface some other conversation we have in that. Yeah. Um, and um, basically. Uh, the only other point I want to make is as a developer, it's really hard to get started with testing. I'll link off to some books and some Laracast videos. Um, Jeffrey Way has a great book called Laravel Testing Decoded and great videos that are probably free, if I remember right, on testing. Yeah. Um, and just give yourself more time to get your work done because it will be slow at first and just do it and uh, practice it. And within a week or two or three or four, it's going to really uh, help you out in a lot of ways. Yeah. All right. Anything else? That's it on my end. All right, the next show I think will be about queuing. Uh, it's a phenomenal tr uh, tool and how easy it is to now use for us uh, in so many ways. So we'll, we'll cover that one. And we'll save Tech Radar for a little later. I love queues. Um, all right, that's it. Thank you. <laughs> take care. Thanks again for listening to the show. If you can just take a moment to rate us on iTunes, it's a big, big help. Or you can follow us on Twitter at Devs Hangout and tweet about the show. Another way is to visit our website at developershangout.io. Leave comments, suggestions, and see show notes. Uh, it really helps us to get the feedback. It keeps us focused, gives us ideas, gives us energy for the next show. And once more, we just want to say thanks to our sponsors, PHP Arc, for putting out a great magazine every month and including us in it. Thanks again. See you next show. <laughs>